You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. This might sound corny, but I'm going to say it anyway. Somebody needs to call Rihanna and tell her to go to Alabama because they need some umbrellas. Welcome to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Matt Miguez. The SEC tournament, the Sun Belt tournament, even the ACC tournament. Mother Nature just doesn't want baseball to get played. I mean, LSU was supposed to play. Man, I don't even remember what time they were supposed to play today. Four o'clock? Seven o'clock? Got pushed back yesterday to 9.30 tomorrow morning. And now with the mishaps of today, now they're not playing until 1 o'clock tomorrow. If it even stays there. Meanwhile, for the Cajuns, they were supposed to have their first pitch at 4 o'clock this afternoon. They're the third game of today. In Montgomery, they haven't even started game one for the day. There's four games on the schedule today. They haven't even started game one. Game one was supposed to take place at 9 a.m. Latest from the Sun Belt is coaches will meet to devise a plan for the remainder of the tournament, and no game will start until at least 7 p.m. Producer extraordinaire slash co-host with the most, James Mesh, pressing all the buttons in the master control suite. James, man, what are we going to do? Well, the only thing we can do is sit and wait, which we, and, it feels and, like we've been doing for an eternity. And for a very impatient person. Oh, it's the worst thing ever. It doesn't work that well. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work too well. Um, I mean, it just seems like every time the clouds clear up for them to play, you check the radar and more rain's coming. And more rain's coming. It's like, you mean Auburn and Kentucky finally got their game in. So now LSU knows their opponent for tomorrow. They will play Kentucky after Kentucky gives up a home run in the eighth to make it one nothing or make it one one, excuse me. And then they respond with back to back solo jacks in the top of the ninth to win it three to one over Auburn. And I mean both of Kentucky's homers were absolute you thought you thought Sonny DeShera hit a hit a bomb. The first guy, Amu, hits his ball to the graveyard that is dead center. And then the next guy launched it right past the left field scoreboard. I mean, just absolute missiles. Um so balls are flying out of the yard in, in Hoover. We'll see if Dylan Cruz gets the opportunity to uh, to send some over the wall himself. We got a fun show for you today. We got Jay Walker, the voice of the Cajuns, joining us at 4.30. He is in Montgomery waiting for the Cajuns to play baseball. And then at 5.30, like we do each and every Wednesday, it'll be Hoot at Wednesdays with our guy Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles. James, let's get to our poll question of the day. James and I are going to start something fun. We're going to start something new here 
on Crunch Time with me, Gaz and Mesh. Every Friday, we're going to attempt to do a Miguez versus Mesh challenge. And every Wednesday, our poll question is going to be asking you what you want to see us do. So here's your poll question. Rock, paper, scissors. One-on-one Nerf basketball. A wiffle ball home run derby. Or submit your own ideas. So far, 60% want a wiffle ball home run derby. 20% want 1v1 nerf. And 20% want rock, paper, scissors. In the event of a tie, James and I will play rock, paper, scissors to break the tie. How funny would it be to play rock, paper, scissors to play rock, paper, scissors? It's like a little warm-up game. (laughs) (laughs) That would be... That'd be interesting. Let's just let's just put it that way. Let's also take care of our trivia question of the day. It is LSU related since the Tigers were supposed to play baseball today, but that's not going to happen. Who hit the most home runs in LSU baseball history? First person to call in 7060111 with the correct answer will get two tickets to Downtown Rising on Saturday, June the 4th. With the Cold War kids, Andy Frasco, the UN, Julian Primo, Clay Carmier, you name it, music galore. Who was the who hit the most home runs in LSU baseball history? We don't need the year. We don't need the number of home runs. We just need the player's name. 706-0111. Call into the game hotline. First person to send in the correct answer gets two tickets to Downtown Rising. As a reminder, here in Acadiana, you can watch the simulcast each and every day on Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. You can see my eye twitching if uh, if uh, you're watching right now. I don't know, something just flew in it, and now it's, now it's going haywire. Anyways, so James, something that's getting thrown around with these baseball tournaments is playing at multiple sites. Which you've been saying all day. I have. Because it makes sense. I mean, take take the Sun Belt, for example. They're playing in Montgomery. Within an hour's drive of Montgomery, you have three Division I baseball facilities. Why would you not take advantage of that? I mean, it might be too little too late now because the fields are probably sopping messes from the amount of rain that they've gotten. But... Like okay, so for Friday when the when the weather clears up, I'd be playing at least two games at one time to try to get through the bracket without having to make serious changes. Because the other thing they're talking about is playing seven inning games. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to make a double elimination tournament a single elimination tournament either. So you're gonna have to find ways because the games have to be done. By 11 p.m. Sunday night. They have to be completed. So we'll see what happens. Um, things are going to get very interesting, especially over the next couple hours as coaches meet to try to devise a, a plan for the Sun Belt Conference Tournament as well as the SEC Tournament. couple of... Headlines of note to get to 
the Las Vegas Raiders have a plan to work out Colin Kaepernick this week. Um, as of now, it is just a workout, but according to multiple sources, there could be some movement there. So we'll see. Could Colin Kaepernick finally get his return to the NFL? We're going to have to see. Looking at the Saints, Jameis Winston back on a field, wearing a helmet, taking snaps. It's a good sign. Brendan Ertle is going to join us to talk about that. Also, Michael Thomas was in attendance. He didn't participate, but he was in attendance. Tyron Matthew there as well, sporting the number 32. Is that going to be his jersey number? The Saints are going to the Saints are sitting there saying wait and see. However, if you look at the roster, Bryce Thompson who was wearing 32 is now wearing number 31. So that's got to mean something, right? If if you're Bryce Thompson and Tyron Matthew comes over to you and says, "Hey man, you know, I'll give you, you know, a couple grand to Give me your jersey number. Wouldn't you take it? I know I would. It's just a number. It's not like high school when you get your number on a Letterman jacket and, you know, it messes up, you know, whatever. It's a number in the NFL. So, Jarvis Landry, if you were wondering, he was not in attendance today due to his daughter's Preschool graduation is what it looks like. Um, so that is why he was not in attendance. The thought is that he will be back in attendance in New Orleans tomorrow. So again, a lot to dive into today. College baseball, the NBA, the NHL, some NFL headlines. We're going to get to all of it. Uh, 706-0111 if you want to get in on the show and again, here in Acadiana, you can watch the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. If you want to see the Houston Astros in person, well, listen up. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, would like to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. That's right, the Houston Astros take on the Chicago White Sox on Saturday, June 18th, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, Le Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Let's take a time out right here when we return to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. James and I will bring you everything you need to know in terms of the SEC baseball tournament, the Sunbelt baseball tournament, and just a general overview of national headlines. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
Oh, yeah. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, and you chatting it up on a Wednesday afternoon. James, uh, you know we we touched on it a little bit in the in this first segment, but again, you know this SEC tournament and the Sun Belt tournament and the way that Mother Nature just always seems to get in the way. I mean, I can vividly remember. The Sunbelt tournament that the Cajuns hosted a few years ago, similar situation. Got rained out and sat around until, you know, one, two o'clock in the morning waiting for baseball to get played. We're going to see more of the same o- over the next couple of days? I don't know. Let's go to the game hotline 706-0111. Rob joins the show. Rob, what's going on? What up, gentlemen? How are you, sir? Doing all right. How about you? Um, hey, um, I was just I was just thinking this with this weather being the way it is, and I, and I can't remember who pitched for the Cajuns on uh, Saturday, but if we needed any more time, this uh, this rain certainly makes everybody available, especially anyone who pitched on Saturday. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean it makes. It makes everybody more available, but the issue that you're going to run into, and th- and this might sound like a, a, a cop out answer to some people, but you know, if this tournament goes to single elimination, and say you slip up and fall to South Alabama, your season's done. Sure, no, as, yeah, as yeah, compared well, as compared to a usual and, and, double elimination tournament. Yeah, and you know, I think just situation is just going to benefit those who are you know most mentally tough um and you think like a veteran team like texas state who's got you know who's who's loaded with 24 23 year old you know super seniors um that maybe not have been here before but had that sense of maturity and uh we'll see what happens you know i still think coastal is a favorite to win it all just they seem to be the hottest team right now um obviously pulling for the cajuns but uh you know, I'm uh, looking forward to it, and I'm hoping they get the game done. I really wish they would utilize any facilities they got in the area um, in Montgomery, which I don't know who else is. I know Auburn's nearby. I don't know how far, but um, nevertheless, I hope they're able to, to get it all in, and everyone's able to, you know, to get a, a uh, equal shot at it. But uh, I'll, I'll hang up and listen in. Thanks. Appreciate you, Rob. Yeah, I think that's part of the reason why the coaches are, are deciding to meet this afternoon to to try to work out. You know some for, some sort of idea because again, like I said, within an hour of Montgomery, you've got Troy, you've got Alabama State, and then Auburn's not too far away, like you mentioned. So that's three facilities plus the one that you're playing at. So that's four fields that you could be taking advantage of. I have been told that Alabama State is the school that they have been most in touch with about using their facility. So we'll see. Um. As for as for uh, the SEC tournament in Hoover, you know you're right outside of Birmingham. You got UAB. Alabama's not too far away. I know they would probably try to avoid playing SEC tournament games at an SEC stadium, but I mean there's options. So I think that a lot of 
decision makers in both conferences are going to have to sit there over the next you know six or so hours and really work out a plan to get this get these games in because the last thing they want to do and James this is where I'll bring you in the last thing that these you know conference commissioners and athletic directors want to do is say hey games can't get played highest seed advances yeah you you, you don't want to get to that point I mean, you, you at least want to see them play it out. It, wh- whether it is a single elimination or you do go with the seven innings instead of nine. You, you just want to be able to play ball instead of just being like, all right, well, you're the higher seed, so you get to move on. Like, right. you, you'd hate to get to that point. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it would be very similar to, you know, last year when North Carolina State was, was making a run into the post deep into the postseason, and their season got canceled because of COVID. They had COVID cases on the team, and they couldn't field a team of players, and so they had to cancel the rest of their games and end their season. I mean, that's just that's a brutal way to end things. And again, you get so used to playing a tournament to decide who your conference champion is going to be, it would be brutal to sit there and go. Okay, well, you know, Tennessee, you had the best regular season, so you you get the you get the conference championship. Tennessee's going to play in the postseason anyway. You know, your your top seeds in the SEC, they're getting into the postseason anyway. So the tournament's a great opportunity for your teams that have kind of struggled throughout the year, like your Kentuckys, like your Ole Miss, to you know earn themselves a spot in the postseason. Same thing for the Sun Belt. It's a great opportunity for your Coastals, who didn't have a great year but are clicking at the right time. Your Louisianas, your you know, Georgia State. I mean, they're out now, but you know, those teams that are right on the bubble of the postseason to try to make a last second run and, and get themselves in. So you definitely don't want to see games getting canceled. Um, even if it has to go to single elimination or seven inning games like they've talked about or whatever, you, you got to find a way to get games played. James, I know you were on the phone whenever uh, I brought this up a second ago. Give me your thoughts on the Raiders hosting Colin Kaepernick for a workout. I mean, I've just, I've as a player, I've never really been a huge fan of Colin Kaepernick. I it just feels like he's never been that good of a quarterback. We saw his last few years, they were very mediocre. And I feel like ju- not not the kneeling was the only reason why they he was kicked out the league pretty much. I mean, he he wasn't good. He wasn't a starting caliber. He was not even really a backup in my eyes. So it's like if you're going to put that much of attention on you and you're not going to be talented enough to make up for this type of attention you would put on the organization you work for, you're not worth keeping. And at this age, he's 34. He'll turn 35 in the middle of the season. He hasn't played in six years. He hasn't taken the beating. But, I mean, do you, like, if you haven't had that, if you haven't had experience in, seven years are you all of a sudden going to light the world on fire and be a good backup no Uh, i seriously doubt it like remember the last time he was supposed to try out or supposed to like make a team because 
he well he, he decided for himself. He, he ruined it for himself because he was like, I don't want, I'm not going to do it by your rules, even though I want to play for your league. Right. I, I want I want to do it on my terms. It's like that's not how that works. So, just this whole negative connotation, and he's this old at this point. He hasn't played. He was never good when he did play, except for obviously his first season and the first half of 2013. Other than that, he was subpar at best. So, I I, I just have no interest. It's it, it makes sense since it's Vegas and Vegas always does like newsworthy stuff. I guess you could say like there's always Vegas always finds a way to get in the news. Always. Vegas or the Raiders. So it it would make sense that they if they were to sign him, he's probably on the same level as Jarrett Stidham. And who is it? Gabe McNabors, Chase Garbers, Nick Mullins, and Jared yeah. Stidham, all their backups. I mean, he's all on the same level. So it's like, I mean, if you really want the attention for him to be at best your number two, right. go ahead, but I have no interest. Yeah, and you know, you talked about the Raiders finding their way into the news. This is indirectly, but John Gruden's court case started today. You know, he's suing the, the NFL and the Las Vegas Raiders for basically wrongful termination. Um, and the NFL tried to get the judge to throw the case out, and the judge denied it. So there's win number one for John Gruden. We'll see what happens with that. That could get interesting. James Jason Tatum made a comment today that I find very interesting. Uh, it was after Boston shoot-around this morning. And he was asked if, like, the confidence level of the team. He said, whatever happened last game is last game, regardless if we won by 25 or 2. They all count as one win. So we shouldn't feel any better about ourselves because we blew them out in game four. And I think we shouldn't relax. We should kind of look at it as a new series, and tonight is a must-win game. And I think when you approach something as a must-win and have more sense of urgency, especially to start, I think that's how we should approach tonight, and that goes within the first five, six minutes of the game. I completely agree. I mean, at this point, it's 2-2. It's a best-of-three series now. Yep. So you wipe a clean slate. It, it reminds me, whenever I played football for BYYA, I remember when we were tied at halftime. It was 7-7. Coach was always like, look, even if we were up or if we were down, he always said, it's halftime. It's 0-0. Yep. Let's dominate the second half. Yep. That's that's how I see it with this. It's an even game at this point. Just go win these last three. Who cares about what happened the last four? You just need to win two. The one the one thing that I don't necessarily agree with in his comments, I don't know how must win tonight is. Now would you would you absolutely prefer to win game five and have the chance to close it out at home? Absolutely. But are you dead to rights if you lose tonight? No. I don't think so. You're not, but if you go down and you're down three to two, like like what happened with Milwaukee, it's it's going to be the same thing, where you now have to win the final two games, and it may not really matter because let's say they let's say they lose five tonight, and then Friday night they win game six, so then they would play Sunday, game seven. I mean, either way, it'll get to a game seven. But if you can win tonight and then have the chance to finish it off at home, then that's what you would like. Because 
knowing that you now have the pressure where it's like, if we slip up, game over. But if you win tonight and you slip up game six, then it's like, okay, well, we're not out. We still have one more chance. So that's why, at this point, everything is a must win. Because even if you do lose, you you still got one more. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, let's take a time out right here. When we return on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, Jay Walker, the voice of the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns, is going to join us, and he's going to give a, get us set for the Sunbelt Conference Tournament in Montgomery as the Cajuns await the Jaguars of South Alabama. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Can't get enough of the vermilion and white? Then you're in luck. Here is the Cajuns Corner with the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker, on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Jay Walker joins us here on Cajuns Corner. Jay, how you doing, man? Having the time of my life. I'm at a baseball tournament. Absolutely. And, and in beautiful Montgomery, Alabama at that. Yeah, not, you know, not real beautiful because, you know, weather's very iffy, but you know what? It's still beautiful. You see, let, let's talk about that because you, you see the SEC tournament getting messed up. The Sun Belt tournament is is obviously, you know, not too far away from Hoover, Alabama. So, you know, how what what's the plan that the Sun Belt has in place if, if weather goes haywire? Well, good news is they they've gotten the two games in for Tuesday the the two elimination games that's that's big in in the in the course of things i think that today you're going to see some hit and miss i think that you know they're going to be able to get some some sort of stuff in i don't know that they're going to get all four in um thursday doesn't look good at all um but if you get you know, you got you got the two games Tuesday. If you can get maybe three in today, even if tomorrow is a wash, there's a way to make the rest of them up and still get the tournament done. I think the important thing is finish the tournament. You know, in 2017, they had so much rain in Statesboro, they had to make it a single elimination tournament. And I talked with Keith Gill, the commissioner uh, of the league. He just, you know, came by to sit down and visit for a few minutes. And, and I asked him about it, and, and he said that they're going to do everything they can do to get the entire tournament in. And he was optimistic they'd be able to do it. We'll keep our fingers crossed, and, and hopefully um, we'll be able to crown a champion, a, you know, a real champion without having to diminish anything. Yeah, no doubt about it. Jay, yesterday's games, how surprised were you that ULM was able to take down George State the way they did? Well, you know, Georgia State at one time was ten and two in the league. You might remember that. Yep. Their two losses, their two losses were against ULM. You know, ULM beat them two out of three in Monroe uh, at the beginning of the of, of the conference season. So I wasn't really surprised at all. You know, I, I think ULM's got a little something to them, and it didn't it didn't really show uh, in the games and in the standings this year. But one of the things that that I noticed in the weekend that we played them is. They don't quit. They're going to make you play nine innings, and if you give them an opening, they got a chance to get through it. And 
you know, they, they put a few good swings on in the eighth inning, got uh, got five runs, and then they were able to hold on. And I wasn't shocked by it. You know, Georgia State was the favorite, but I wasn't shocked at ULM won, not at all. So now ULM will go to play Texas State t- tonight, hopefully, if they can get it in. You know, how does that matchup look for you? Do you think ULM, you know, can kind of slow down Texas State? Because we talked about it last week. Texas State isn't going to be able to be hitting the long ball like they do at home here in Montgomery this week. Well, you know, look, they still have a relatively short porch in left field, and a lot of their power is right-handed. So they're still going to hit a few balls out. But, you know, um, ULM on Tuesday – they threw Cole Crescent, who's normally their number two guy. Now, that means that they might have um, their number one guy, um, gosh, and, and his name just escaped me. Cam, oh, Cam Barlow. Um, it's possible that they may have him ready to go tonight. And let's remember that ULM had Texas State beat. They were up, um, they were up two, two in the ninth inning, yep. and, and Texas State got three in the ninth to beat them. So, you know, look, it's tournament time. And at tournament time, just about anything can happen. So we'll see. Let's transition to the Cajuns now. Chatting with Jay Walker here on Cajuns Corner. They've got a matchup with South Alabama later today. Uh, you know, the Cajuns 2-1 and one in the regular season against South. Close games, all three of them. But this is a much different Louisiana team, as I'm sure it's a much different South Alabama team. What are you seeing out of this matchup? Well, I, I think both teams are better offensively than they were when uh, when they met back in March. Um, I think that South Alabama's had some issues because they've lost a couple of really good arms. You know, Jeremy Lee, by the time they got to Lafayette, Jeremy Lee was, was out for the year. And, and Miles Smith, who was the, the preseason pitcher of the year, um, he pitched uh, against the Cajuns and threw like 129 pitches, and he hasn't been the same since. And he's pitched, I think, only one inning in the month of May, and I don't know how much he's going to be able to go. Now, Matt Boswell, who beat the Cajuns in the Saturday game, uh, is the, the number one starter for South Alabama. And JoJo Booker, who was their Sunday guy, is the first guy out of the bullpen. So they totally had to redo their pitching staff. And as a result, they aren't as potentially dominant from the mound as they were when the season began. But they're a lot better offensively now. And uh, one of the things that we know about South Alabama, South Alabama and Georgia Southern are probably the two best teams in the league when it comes to getting crucial hits with two outs. And so, you know, they're going to make you play 27 outs. You never can feel like, okay, we got two outs. We'll be all right now because that's when they they kind of start to thrive. Um, Look at South Alabama, man. You know, I mean, South Alabama and the Cajuns, this stuff – you know, predates you even being born, all right? I mean, this has been going on for a long time. And these two schools still don't like each other very much. And they're going to get after each other. It's the Cajuns at South Alabama. Anything can happen. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a fun one. It always is when the Cajuns and Jags get together on the diamond. Now, Carson Rockefeller and Julian Brock both named to the All-Sun Belt first team. Carson Rockefeller had to be in the top three for, for Sunbelt Freshman Player of the Year. You know, just give me your overall thoughts on both Rockefort and Julian Brock and how important they've been to this team. You know, Rocco came out swinging. Um, and it wasn't one of those things where, 
well, he got off to a slow start. But, I mean, look, he came out swinging the bat. And um, he was good the entire – I think there were – I think only twice did he go back-to-back games without getting a hit. And, he, and he's got like 31 consecutive games reaching base coming into the tournament. He put up player of the year numbers. Um, unfortunately for him, uh, Dalton Sheffield put up a little bit better numbers, and he was on the first-place team, so he gets the award. But, but Rocco was right there. And, and I'm telling you, based on what I've seen and a little research that I've done, he could be a top-three uh, top rounds guy next year if he stays healthy and continues to perform. Julian Brock's a great story. You know, last year, he didn't play very much. He was behind Drake Osborne. And when he did play, he didn't hit very much. And then he went to the Northwoods League last summer and did not have a good summer swinging the bat. In the meantime, the Cajuns um, sign a catcher by the name of Smelly, who was a, um, a teammate of Tyler Robertson's at junior college. And he's going to come in, and he's going to be the starting catcher. Well, he gets drafted. And so he signs. And then the Cajuns um, bring in a, a transfer from Houston that named Pendergrass that you know they kind of think is going to be the catcher. Well, he tears his labrum, and it wouldn't have mattered because Julian Brock had the best fall of any Cajun. And so he won the job and has parlayed that into a first-team all-conference selection as much for his defense as his offense. Uh, and he's just had a tremendous year, and now he's on the radar as a draft-eligible sophomore. And, you know, I don't think there's any guarantee the Cajuns are going to have him next year. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Do you see Julian Brock wearing vermilion and white next year? Um, it, 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 well, he'll be wearing vermilion and white if he doesn't get drafted. It's not like he's going to a portal or anything. Okay, that's not going to happen because he loves being Cajun. Um, but, you know, I think that there's a chance – that he might go on uh, on day three of the draft. And, you know, with the draft only 20 rounds now, there aren't too many guys who get drafted that say no. All right. So um, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Um, I'm going to try to stay as close to the situation as possible because, you know, you've got another six weeks now before the draft happens. And we'll just, you know, try to stay in touch and, and stay on top of it and try to find out, you know, how much has he been contacted, you know, and, and that sort of thing, and maybe get a little bit better idea before the draft actually happens, whether he's going to go or not. Jay Walker joining us here on Cajun's Corner. Jay, I know you're tired of me asking this question, but let's talk postseason. You know, depending on what happens this weekend in Montgomery, the Cajuns could still be looking at a regional appearance. You know, I, I saw a projection earlier today that had the Cajuns as a three seed in Baton Rouge with McNeese, Arizona, and LSU. What, what's the likelihood that you see that? Well, first of all, I don't think LSU is in a position to host right now. Um, they, they're going to have to they're going to have to do some damage in their tournament if they're going to get into a host position. Um, secondly, um, look, I. I would love to sugarcoat this, but I'm a realist. If the Cajuns aren't dogpiling on Sunday in this ballpark, I think their season's going to come to an end. I don't think that they are going to be in consideration for an at-large bid. Maybe if they make it all the way to Sunday uh, undefeated and then lose to either Georgia Southern or Coastal, is there an outside shot? Yeah, I suppose there is. 
But in my professional opinion, the only way that they're going to postseason play is if they're winning the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I think they're at least going to have to make it to Sunday to have a shot. Uh, but obviously, you'd rather just take care of business and you know be an automatic qualifier. Um, you know, talk about Southern Miss, a team that, that the Cajuns got a win over earlier in the year, had the chance to really get to. Um, you know, being top ten RPI, probably going to host a regional. You know, j- just kind of, what are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, the Cajuns probably would have if if the umpires hadn't taken Sunday away from them. Uh, and I'm not see, I don't sugarcoat that either. You know, they got they got one stolen from them on that Sunday because you you've got you, you know a couple of guys who are local guys with chip on their shoulder, and uh, yeah, I think they just they stole one from them. Um, Southern Miss is really good. Southern Miss, the thing that I think makes him so good is, you know, everybody's got a Friday guy, and most folks have a Saturday guy, but there aren't a lot of them that have a Sunday guy. And their Sunday guy is probably the best Sunday guy in America. And because of that, Southern Miss is going to be a team that that is really primed to be able to not only host a regional but win a regional, whether they do or not is going to depend on how well they hit because they're going to pitch. And um, I was just so impressed with their pitching staff when they came to Lafayette. I love the fact that they're going to be in the Sun Belt Conference starting next year, and I love it even more that the Cajuns close the regular season next year in Hattiesburg against the Golden Eagles and um, I would love for that to become an annual thing where you're playing them on the final weekend. Um, because guess what? I have a feeling that series is going to mean something. Yeah, it, it more likely than not will mean something. I mean, two great ball clubs that, you know, like South Alabama, the Cajuns don't really like. Well, you know, South Alabama and Southern Miss, they've got a pretty good rivalry too. And so I look at it as the triangle. You know, South Alabama and the Cajuns, the Cajuns, Southern Miss, and then Southern Miss and South Alabama. I, you know, that's going to be some really good stuff uh, down the road as, as the years go by because they're going to get after each other when they play, and, and we get to see it every year. I think it's awesome. Jay Walker, the voice of the Cajuns, joining us here on Cajuns Corner. Jay, appreciate you taking the time out of your very eventful week in Montgomery. Have a great week. And uh, who knows? Hopefully, we're talking to you next week about a uh, about a regional. I, I would be okay with that. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Tune in next week for another edition of Cajuns Corner here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Let your voice be heard. Hello. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 and speak your mind. Yellow. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with a $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood Patio in Abbeville. Richard's has some of the best boiled crawfish, but did you know they also serve up boiled shrimp, boiled crabs, fried and grilled seafood options, pole boys, and a seafood buffet? How can you go wrong? All you got to do is sign up in the game clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for the chance to win that $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood Patio in Abbeville. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 51 minutes after 
4 o'clock. We talked earlier about the conundrum that is the weather in Alabama as LSU and UL try to get their conference tournaments in. James, let's let's spend a minute talking about the Astros. Winning last night over the Cleveland Guardians 7-3. Kyle Tucker getting a three-run home run in the fifth to, to help the Astros to victory. Alex Bregman also getting a two-run double in the third that put them in the lead, and the Astros never quite gave it back. Framber Valdez getting the win, going seven complete innings, three earned runs. He struck out four and walked zero. Zach Plezak getting the loss, four and two-thirds. He gave up all seven runs, struck out five, and walked one. The Astros will look to take the series from the Guardians tonight at the Juice Box. First pitch for 7-10. Christian Javier on the bump for the Strohs, 2-2 two two on the year with a 2.87 ERA in 31 and a third innings. He has 22 hits, 39 Ks, walked 10, and has given up three home runs. And on the other side, Cal Quantrell, 2-1 on the year, 3.48 ERA in 41 and a third innings. 34 hits, 25 Ks, 15 walks, and he's also given up three homers. Your batting order for the Astros. Altuve, Brantley, Bregman, Alvarez, Guriel, Diaz, Castro, Dubon, Siri. So off days for Kyle Tucker and Jeremy Pena against the Guardians tonight again. 710 first pitch. And you can hear that one on our sister station, News Talk 98.5. All right, let's take a look at the Twitter poll question of the day. What challenge do you want to see Miguez and Mesh partake in? Is it a wiffle ball derby? Is it a rock, paper, scissors game? A game of Nerf basketball? All right. Ton comes in and says, hey, let's do a ghost pepper challenge. In case you didn't know, Matt Matt can't stand the heat. What? There's a reason I don't get in the kitchen, because I can't take the heat. I got a very sensitive stomach. You can thank my mom for that. And I I got some acid reflux problems, because I'm a big man. Spicy don't work for Matt. Spicy does not work for this guy. He will never get jalapeno chips. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) You laugh. Jalapeno-flavored chips are too spicy for me. Oh, my God. I I can only have, like, one or two. Oh, man. Because after after that, I'm, I'm done. I can't do it. What about Chipotle? Too much? It depends. Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. Like a Chipotle barbecue sauce? Yeah, I could do that. Like if you got like a Chipotle chicken club? Yeah, I could probably do that. But that's um, like on the border. Yeah, that that's like that's like the line. And and jalapeno it's aggravating because I love the flavor of jalapenos. But the spiciness, I just I can't do it. Really? It's the other way around for me. I don't do really it. care for the taste, but like the kicks. I fine. love the flavor. 
I just I if I could have the the flavor without the burning after like cream cheese stuffed jalapenos wrapped in bacon. Oh, dude, I'll eat those all day. When you t- you take the seeds out, I'll eat that crap all day, all day long. Because I get the flavor without the heat. Yeah, no, Matt can't do spicy. So ghost pepper challenge, out of the question. So far, 57% of you say wiffle ball home run derby. 14% say nerf. 14% say rock, paper, scissors. And we've got two comments on Facebook, both of them saying Richie Brown and Matt Reed, both saying wiffle ball home run derby. Well, Brian Fox came in with a couple of gifs. Oh, did he? I'm, uh, I'm missing that, those. That uh, oh, insinuate that he, he wants wiffle ball. Yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna do wiffle ball home run derby, James. I think that's just gonna be what it's gonna be. Guess we're gonna have to go buy one after the show. Buy a set. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to build a wall too. We're gonna have to get a predetermined. Well, no, just get cones and just kind of line it up. Yeah. Which, which uh, Ray has cones. We just need to get a couple balls and a bat. Could be fun. Yeah. Could be fun. Hour number one has come and gone here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on a rather disgusting Wednesday. The weather outside has been terrible the last couple of days, and according to Mother Nature, it doesn't seem like it's going to let up, so that's always fun. Don't go anywhere. Hour number two, jam-packed. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles. James, tell the folks what it is. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two of two at 502. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. James is not looking forward to playing me in wiffle ball on Friday because he knows that I'm just going to drop bombs. You sure about that? Bro, look at me. (laughs) Look at me. You know my nickname is Slug with two Gs, right? (laughs) (laughs) Self-proclaimed nicknames is not a nickname. Slug. I'll earn it on Friday. Okay. We'll see about that. Look at all this power that's that's just standing right here, waiting for the perfect pitch right down the middle. It's going to be great. Uh, Watch watch James throw a curveball. I was gonna that, do it. That, catches, that catches me on the knee. <laughs> God, you know what's happened for in between breaks, during it timeouts. Ha- it has. I've struck you out plenty of times. It has. It has. We're gonna have a fun hour number two. We got some SEC baseball to talk about, some Sun Belt baseball to talk about. We've also got some NHL to dive into. I wanted to say NFL. Which I mean, we we do have that also. Uh, Brendan Ertle is going to join us at five thirty. James, give me your thoughts on the golf match that is supposed to happen on June first between Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen. 
I th- you think any of them are good golfers? I feel I really I think Brady and Rogers are actually pretty decent. I, yeah, I think Holmes has done it before, but I've never seen Josh Allen golf before. No, I don't think I've ever seen him golf either. I've seen I've seen Mahomes play in like those celebrity tournaments. Cause, cause he, I remember that's whenever the clip of him being like, "We'll we'll see Justin Herbert be great when we see it." Right. Yeah, he he was playing in a celebrity tournament, and then Brady. I, I've seen Brady because we had Brady and Chuck and Charles right. Barkley. Right. That'll be fun, man. It, it, it's it's or, gonna be no, it was, it was Brady and uh Mickelson versus yeah. Charles or. Who was the other? I forgot. It was it was Phil and Tiger, and Brady. Was it Rogers? I forgot who it was. Oh my goodness! I for, it was it was a two v two match. Yeah, I don't remember either. I'm drawing a blank on it. Yeah, it was. They did one where it was just Phil versus Tiger. That was the first one in 2018, and then. You had they rematched in 2020, and again I can't remember who teamed up with them. If you find it, we'll we'll talk about it then. But it, it's weird because this is going to be the first match that doesn't feature a professional golfer. Like usually, you've got you know pro football players teamed up with a golfer. Now it's just going to be all football players. Now it's just all NFL quarterbacks, right? It's just is, not. It's just the teams are divided between the young guns and the senior citizens. The senior citizens. It's it's true. That that's not that's not an unfair assessment. Um, also, shout out to Travis Broussard for winning the Downtown Rising trivia question of the day. Eddie Furness is LSU's all-time home run leader. He's also the, I don't know if he still holds this record, but he finished his career at LSU as the SEC's all-time home run leader with 80. Uh, He won the Dick Hauser Trophy in 1998 as college baseball's most outstanding player, finished his career as the SEC all-time leader in hits with 349, home runs with 80, RBIs with 309, doubles with 87, and total bases with 689. Yeah, Eddie Furness could could rake, and he won a couple national titles while he was in the Purple and Gold. Once again, congratulations to... Travis Broussard for winning those two tickets to Downtown Rising. If you want to get your hands on tickets to Downtown Rising, don't worry. Two more sets to give away here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. We'll give one away tomorrow as well as on Friday before that show on Saturday, June the 4th. It was Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau versus yes. Brady and Mickelson. Yes, thank you. Um, that's It was DeChambeau. Because I remembered that I, I did not enjoy it because I don't like Bryson DeChambeau. Nice. That's what it was. Um, speaking of Bryson DeChambeau, he's not playing in the uh, Charles Schwab this weekend because he's still nursing that that wrist that he had surgery on. Um, Bryson played last played in the Masters, had that really bad Saturday, missed the cut. 
discovered that he had a discovered that he had a wrist injury and immediately had it operated on and now he's looking to return to the field of play. Oh, James. I had an article just pop up on my Twitter feed that we must discuss. It's called Hometown Legends. What if each team's greatest... What if Ed Reed, Peyton Manning, and Odell Beckham Jr. could combine forces and represent New Orleans on a territorial all-star team for the ages? So it's a series called Hometown Legends. Listen to some of these players. Peyton Manning at quarterback. Marshall Falk at running back. Steve Van Buren as the other running back. Reggie Wayne at wideout. Odell Beckham at wideout. Charlie Joyner at wideout. Andrew Whitworth on the line. DeMar Dotson on the line. Alan Fanica on the line. Trey Turner. Todd McClure. Neil Smith on defense, Fred Dean, Kyle Williams, let's see, Deion Jones, Devin White. So is it strictly only people from New Orleans, or does it count as anybody from Louisiana? Anybody from I think it's anybody from Louisiana. Okay. Um, Ed Reed in the secondary. You also got Ryan Clark in the secondary, Tyron Matthew. Brian Mitchell at kick returner. Go Cajuns, by the way. And Steven Gostowski as your place kicker. Forgot that Gostowski was from Baton Rouge. I didn't know that. Forgot he was from Baton Rouge. Um, and then Donnie Jones as your, your punter. You remember Donnie Jones? Used to punt for the Eagles. I think so. He was... He had this massive leg. He was on the LSU team that won the 2003 National Championship. So that's... And then the the picture is like, okay, well, what if Tom Brady played for the Niners? Because if you're playing for your hometown team, Brady would have played for the Niners. They would have Brady and Rodgers, probably. Mahomes would have played for the Cowboys. Cowboys, yeah. Peyton in New Orleans. Man... That could be interesting. Drew would probably Drew, Drew would also be in contention. Drew would probably be playing for the Texans or the Oilers because Drew grew up in Austin. Yeah, and that's that's closer to Houston. Yeah, so he's probably he's probably going to be on the Texans. He's probably on the Texans hometown roster. Um, but that's interesting because. Andrew Andrew Luck and Vince Young as quarterbacks of the Texans. So where would Drew be? I don't know. We'll have to find that out and look at it. But that's that could be interesting content for, you know, the slow season, like we like to call it. From July to mid August. Maybe maybe what maybe what I do in like my free time, I make a I make a Madden franchise. Of all the home, like hometown players, yeah. <laughs> and then like I'll do one game a night, and I'll I'll bring back the stats and the result. <laughs> I could get behind that. And then we have like a we have like a tournament. We make a bracket. Either I make could, it single elim or double elim. 
Probably single. Yeah, we got 32 teams to deal with. Right. Pro- probably single. Um, but no, that that's interesting. I would have never thought about putting that together. Yeah, so, send me uh, that article. Yeah, I will. I will. Uh, quick update on the NHL. Tonight you've got the Blues and Avs Game 5. Colorado looking to close it out as they lead the series 3-1. to one. They do return to the friendly confines of Colorado tonight. In the two games last night, the Oilers demolishing Calgary 5-3 to three behind two goals from Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He pushes the series to 3-1. to one. Edmonton will look to close it out tomorrow in, I believe, they are going back to... So last night they were in Edmonton, so they're going back to Calgary. And then in the other game, the Rangers taking down Carolina. I've got some friends in North Carolina that weren't happy about this one. Taking down the Carolina Hurricanes 4-1 to one to tie the series at two games apiece. I mean, the Hurricanes, they were down 3 to nothing before they scored a goal in the third period. So, I mean, they were down from the jump. Um, so, not a, not a great night for the red and white. They'll look to bounce back again tomorrow in that series as well. Take a time out here on Crunch Time. Actually, before we do that, before we do that, today is the day you're going to sign up for the game clubhouse. You want to know why? Because it's free to join, but you're also going to get the chance to enter to win awesome free prizes, like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse. I mean, from mouth-watering steaks that are cooked to absolute perfection, tremendous sides, and so much more. Only sc- you can only score that $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cybers Bayou by becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So go sign up today. What are you waiting for? It takes a couple of seconds. Clubhouse rewards tab on the website. couple pieces of basic information, and you're in. From there, there's we, we give away stuff all the time. There's no telling what you're going to win. Take a time out right here. When we return, James and I will talk all things NBA playoffs. We'll recap the Mavs and the Warriors and get you set for James to maybe be happy tomorrow. We hope so. Crunch time with me, guys, and Mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. May 25th, 1935, Jesse Owens equals or breaks four world records in 45 minutes at a Big Ten track and field meet at Ferry Field in Ann Arbor, Michigan. The performance is remembered as the greatest 45 minutes ever in sport. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Crunch time with me, guys, and Mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Met me, guys, James Mesh, 20 minutes after 5 o'clock here on your Wednesday. Let's talk some NBA. The Dallas Mavericks staving off elimination, taking down the dubs 119 to 109 behind a pretty solid performance from their main man. I mean, did you expect anything else out of Luka in an elimination game? They are 3-0 in elimination games this postseason. 
30, 14, and 9 out of the Serbian superstar. I mean, 10 of 26 shooting, that's not terrible either. James Dallas just flat out showed up last night. They shut the lights out. I mean, they had—I think they had eight threes in the third quarter alone. Yep. I, they 40, couldn't miss. Forty-seven percent as a team. Yeah, it, it was insane. I, I was watching. I'm like, they—they they have no conscience. They're just willingly shooting it, and it's going in. Like it, it was cash money. Not even a leaky roof was going to stop them last night. No, and have have you have you ever heard <laughs> with in a closed arena? Rain delay. Yeah. Like, how does that happen? Right. And, and it was funny because they, they panned over to Mark Cuban multiple times and he was pissed. Oh, he, I just, I just saw the shot of, he was. Oh, he was mad. He was very like, really? Angry. Like, this yeah. is supposed to be say the art. He was, he was very, very angry. Um, but no, I mean, they acted quickly. They had plenty of towels between the two benches. And uh, they only they, used about 50 towels. They got it taken care of. So I mean it is it is what it is. They they'll call somebody today, I'm sure, because they're going back to they're going back to San Francisco for the next game. So Mark Cuban probably made a phone call today, said, Hey, come fix this. And so they're they're probably getting it done. It's all good. Everybody just relax. Um looking at the box score for the game last night, you got ten points out of Draymond Green. 20 out of Curry, 12 out of Clay Thompson, and 13 out of Wiggins. And then off the bench, you had 17 from Kaminga, 14 from Poole, and then you had 10 from Moody. And then you get to the Mavs, and dude, everybody showed up. Jalen Brunson gives you 15. Bullock comes back and gives you 18 after going over the night before. And then Finney and Dorian Finney Smith with 23. You also had Maxi Kleber with 13. Spencer Denwitty with 10. I mean, as a team, they shot 50% from the field, 47% from three, and 78% from the charity stripe. They were just on last night. I mean, you could tell that they didn't want anything to do with heading to golf courses or Cabo right now because, I mean, this was probably the best game I've seen the Mavs play all series. James, wouldn't you agree? I, I would have to say yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, they you, you, 34 in the second quarter, 37 in the third. That fourth quarter, though, I mean – you you had Kaminga starting to score, so and, and I believe most of the starters were out by that point. But uh, I mean, a thirty nine point fourth quarter by Golden State made a lot closer than the game was the first three and a half quarters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Warriors outscored the Mavs thirty nine to twenty in the fourth. I mean they they kind of they kind of put their guns down, but it was like wow. I I remember I was watching throughout the whole third quarter and. To start the fourth, and I mean, it was constantly 25-point lead, 27-point lead, 29-point so, yeah. lead, and then all of a sudden, final score, it's like, wow, 
They, it was they, they cut it by quite a bit. It was ninety nine to seventy, starting the fourth, and the Warriors only lost by ten. So let me ask you this, and this might sound like a dumb question, but it's just the one that I have in my head. Do you think that the Warriors ending the although they lost, ending the game on that kind of a run? Do you think that that might give them some momentum heading into Game Five? Maybe a little bit. Like you, you kind of look at it, but at the same time, I mean, it wasn't really the starters doing that. It was, it was Kaminga. It was, it was. Well, yeah, it was. Ma- I mean, it was mainly Kaminga because I believe most of his yeah. points came in the fourth quarter. Pool had fourteen. I mean, him and Moody. I mean, they pretty much tag team the whole fourth and finished off the game. So it really wasn't like Steph and Clay and Wiggins. Yeah, they sat on the bench for most of the fourth. So I, I don't really think it's necessarily going to translate over. I think it's just more the fact that they're going to go back home to Cali and they'll just finish it off there. I don't think the fourth quarter will necessarily give Golden State momentum. And I don't necessarily think that Dallas only scoring 20 in the fourth is going to take away momentum. I think it's just the fact that it's going back to Golden State. Yeah. And they just get superpowers. All right, and then let's go to let's go to your guys, the Celtics and the Heat. Game five in Miami tonight. Series is tied at two. Boston coming off of a solid win. Sam Hauser out again. Don't know how much that hurts you. And then not, not at all. <laughs> and then you've got Marcus Smart and Robert Williams, who are both day to day. Which Rob, I did see a report earlier. He's testing the knee, but they are optimistic he will play tonight. Yeah, and you're probably going to get the same out of Smart. Smart's going to try and go. Um, yeah, I can't see Smart missing two games in a row. Yeah, Smart's going to try and go. Uh, and then for the Heat, Lowry, Struess, Hero, Vincent, and P.J. Tucker all on the injury report as day-to-day. Interestingly, though, Jimmy Butler no longer on the injury report. Yeah, he he did say the other night, like he's straight, like he's not worried about it. Which when I was listening to post game on Sports Center, there was one guy that was like, "I've covered Jimmy Butler literally his entire career, and anytime he said like he's straighter, don't worry about it." There's definitely something to worry about. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I mean, and, uh, is he good? The, is he not? Like, well, that, I don't understand. That, that led me to my next point. I mean, in the last two games, Jimmy Butler combined for you ready for this. 15? 14 points. Oh, 14. He had 8 and 6. 14 points on 6 of 22 shooting in games 3 and 4 in Boston. I mean, yeah, you got to feel a little bit more confident with the fact that he's back in his home arena, but those aren't great numbers. And then, like, if he's sitting there, oh, don't worry about it, I'm okay. Are you? Because your team needed you to show up while you were on the road, and you didn't. You played terribly both nights. Are you okay? Because Miami's going to need 25 plus out of you tonight. They're going to they're going to need you to get 15 free throws. Are you going to be able to do that? I mean, because if this series keeps going back and forth, back and forth, 
mean, I don't know. I, I if the Celtics can get a win tonight, I think it's over. Because I think they would close the door in Boston. I, I I'd love for that to happen, but I think no matter what, no matter who wins tonight, it's still going to go to a game seven. I think no matter if Boston wins tonight or Boston loses even tonight, even if even if Jimmy Butler consistently doesn't show up, I think even if he doesn't show up tonight and Boston wins, I think he'll still have that other night tomorrow night to rest and be healthy enough to keep them alive in a desperate game six where this is elimination. If you if you don't show out and show up game six, then y'all are out. Yeah. So th- to me, this is this isn't make or break for either team all the way. I think it, it feels like maybe it is a little more with Boston because if you lose, you have to go back to Boston to win, but then you have to go back to Miami. Right. Whereas with Miami, it's like okay, well, if you lose tonight, you can go back to Boston, and then you win in Boston. You can go back home in Miami and have the advantage. Yep. No. And then hopefully Jimmy will be good enough to go to still be a really for, really good force like he w- was in game one. For sure. For sure. Um, before we head to break, Ton comes back on the Twitter poll question, and it's a gif of a mouse lifting the bar of a mousetrap, and it says no pain, no gain. So I think Ton really wants us to do a ghost pepper challenge. I've already done one. I did it. I, in, I, I hate to break it to him. It's not going to happen. I, I've done one where it wasn't just the pepper itself. It was like a ghost pepper sauce. Not going to happen. And I had put it on. They had put it on a uh, a cracker. I, I did um, it in uh, in Destin last year. And then, you know, people are, are talking, you know, the the one chip challenge is big right now. That was like that was a few, that was a couple years ago. They still sell them. They still do the individual chip. Yeah, huh. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I'd even do that. I don't know. We'll see. Um, we're talking about gift certificates that you can win if you join the game clubhouse. How about Half Shell Oyster House? The game one three seven Lafayette one zero four one Lake Charles wants to help you with your date night blues. Once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win awesome prizes like a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House because we want to help you take your lady out for some delicious seafood. Only way you can do that, though, is by joining the game clubhouse. It's very, very simple. 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So go sign up right now. Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles joining us on the other side of this timeout. Crunch time with me, guys, and Mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Don't go anywhere. He's going to go. Touchdown, Saints. Who's ready for some New Orleans Saints talk? We are. Here is Who That Wednesdays with Canal Street Chronicles' Brendan Ertle on Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh. Brendan Ertle. My guy, what's going on? What's good, boys? Who that happy Wednesday? Man, it's a it's a very happy Wednesday. I wish it wasn't raining. 
<laughs> but you know, can't can't really control that. We got some OTAs to talk about, dude. Mm-hmm. Jameis Winston back in pads, Tyron Matthew in the black and gold. I mean, if you're a Saints fan, you you got to be happy right now. Yeah, it was kind of a nice surprise because I, I mean, I tweeted at the Saints uh, yesterday, and I was like, "Yo, when are we getting some picks?" And they said, uh, "They said they said Thursday." And I was like, "Well, that's that's kind of that kind of sucks." And I mean, they surprised us, and you know, the Saints can't lie to me. That's fine. Uh, but they they posted some picks today, and it was just cool to see Tyron Matthew in a Saints uniform, and you know it really is a dream come true to so many Saints fans just to see that guy in black and gold is pretty ridiculous and I, I I was surprised that Jameis Winston was even out there to be honest and that just shows like how his progression is going and I'm just happy to see it yeah you know I read that he was limited but just the fact that he was he was in pads and participating is huge now going back going back to Tyron Matthew you know he was wearing 32. The Saints are saying that his jersey number is still being worked out. But my thing is, is if he put on twenty two for OTA, thirty two for OTAs, it's got to be what he's going to wear. My question is this: What do you think he had to do to convince Bryce Thompson to give up thirty two? I think the second that Tyron walked in that in that DB room, Bryce was like, "I, you don't have to say it's it's yours. You can have it." I don't think there was any kind of negotiations, or if he had to pay him for the number. I'd be surprised. Bryce Thompson actually wore 31 last year, and I guess he switched 32 this year. So I don't think it was a real concern. Uh, obviously, the Saints came out and said, ah, it's not official yet. And that's the thing. Lots of Saints fans are tied up with the numbers, and I, I'm too. It's, it's fun to see who wears what. Uh, but for this roster especially, I think once cut-down day comes, there's going to be tons of uh, number changes. And, you know, we still got Mark Ingram in 14. He's got to figure that out. He said he hated that number. Uh, we got Andy Dalton stealing Quan Alexander's number. Uh, I mean, there's so many different things, but I, I think 32 is going to stick. I don't, I don't think there's any reason that he would switch from that, um, other than trying to steal seven from Taysom. I don't think it's going to happen either. But I think it's safe to say Tyron can wear 32, and I'm perfectly fine with that. And I mean, that's kind of the fun part of OTAs is you don't really get to see anything. It's just kind of running around and just kind of getting around the team. Uh, but it's cool to see these guys in uniform and. It's more, uh, more so for like the younger guys, like Peyton Turner and guys like that, uh, to just you know kind of take that next step. Chat with Brendan Nurdle here on Who Dat Wednesdays. So, other than Tyron Matthew and Jameis, you know, what are some storylines from OTAs that that you've been impressed with so far that you've enjoyed paying attention to? I mean, you, you know, there's gonna be there's gonna be lots, and the main one right now is gonna be who's not there. And I don't think there's anything to worry about. I, I've seen some buzz on Twitter like, oh, Marshawn's maybe not there. Jarvis isn't there. Uh, I think OTAs we overlook a little bit because at the end of the day, I mean, I've been around an OTA before, and it's just kind of just running around and uh, making sure guys stay in shape. Uh, for guys like Alvin Kamara, he's working with Dr. Reef, who's one of the best in the business. So I, there's no reason for Kamara to be there right now. Uh if, if a guy has an off-season program that he likes, that he thinks is comfortable for him, that works, I mean, yeah, go for it. Uh, but for guys like Tyron Matthew, I think it's important for him to be inside the building. And it's not so about, you know, the playbook and figuring out what they are now. It's kind of getting to know the guys and to see how this roster is going to, to fit culture-wise. Um, but I want to see how Chris Olave plays 
against some of these guys like, I don't know if Marshawn's there or not, but I want to see him go up against guys like Marshawn Lattimore. Is he going to be a receiver that day one can, you know, can cause problems in man-to-man coverage? Uh, another guy I want to see, I want to see the running backs. If Kamara isn't there and if I don't know if Mark Ingram's there or not, I want to see which guy, you know, is taking the first team reps right now if Ingram and Kamara aren't there. Um, and that's going to be important. I mean, there's, there's a few guys there that, you know, could make the leap and I'll never, I'll never hope that the Saints, you know, are in a position where they need to sign another running back, but you know, they're really, really good at finding undrafted free agent running backs. So, uh, looking forward to that and just kind of to see if MT can be on the field at any point in his OTAs. I don't think it's something to worry about, but if he can, that'd be phenomenal. But I'm not, I'm not too worried about MT right now either. Now, you know, talking about the Saints being able to sign a free agent running back, obviously that has been that that is a position that has been discussed at length during this offseason. Where else could you see the Saints trying to make some moves? Um, that's the thing. It's I want to see what they have in the tight end room on the back end. If Lucas Kroll and Juwan Johnson can be the guys that you know fill your roster that position. I want to see a defensive tackle position um, because there's a guy out there, you know, that's very familiar with the Saints locker room and that being Akeem Hicks. And that, that kind of is my next guy that I'm going to focus in on for agent wise. It's like, yeah, that, that would make sense right now. Uh, obviously they brought in a ton of guys at the position. I think uh, Contavious Street is someone that I'm really interested to watch. Uh, Jalil Johnson, they obviously drafted Jordan Jackson. There's tons of guys at that position, but is there a guy that can really take that position and start with David Onyemata because Onyemata's just, you know, took that huge step last year and the year before. I want to see a guy that can permanently kind of be next to him. And the past three or four years, it, uh, when Sheldon hasn't been healthy, that's kind of been a position where, you know, it's been a position by committee. So if there's a defensive tackle out there, uh, running back, not to worry about right now. I mean, Darrell Williams is literally at the Superdome front door and then get an invite for the Saints. So I don't think, obviously they try to sign Sonny Michelle as well, but I think that was more of a player that they wanted, more so in a position of need. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see how these OTAs go. And if, if there's a guy out there that they like, well, I mean, why not? Yeah, no no doubt about it. Chatting with Brendan Ertle here on Who Dat Wednesdays. Brendan, you know, one, one storyline that I have kind of been noticing pick up over the last couple of days is the fact that national media doesn't buy the Saints hype. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ross Tucker in in particular, um, he's telling people to bet the under on the Saints <laughs> win totals of eight and a half. Yep. I mean, because well, I'm going to walk you through my brain process and then you tell me you know, if you're thinking the same thing. A, a team that played Three different quarterbacks last year won nine games and then in this offseason got two new safeties, a stud receiver in Jarvis Landry, and then made two huge draft picks at position of needs. Mm-hmm. How do you decrease? And here's what I'll say to Russ's his statement, because I saw that too, and I, was, I, I thought about responding, but it, it just, you know, be the bigger man. I saw his top ten. He had the Eagles and the 49ers in there. 
what do the Eagles and 49ers have that the Saints don't? They have the same question mark at quarterback for each of those teams. Jimmy with the injury. Trey Lance, we haven't seen play and play, seen him really play any meaningful games yet. And then obviously the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, he's, he's been solid, but, you know, hasn't been anything spectacular. So what do those teams have that the Saints don't? And I would argue that they're better. The Saints are better at each of those positions. And here's what I'll also say. The Saints never have been able to get any kind of media respect because here's my example. Marcus Williams, he has been phenomenal. Phenomenal. And in an unbiased opinion, I think he's been one of the best and maybe the best safety in terms of range in the National Football League. Now, he's been with the Saints for, what, four or five years, never got that attention. He's a free agent, signs with Baltimore. All of a sudden, he's the best, for, he's, he's the best safety in the league. Like, that's just how it goes. And I don't know why the media tends to just not give the Saints respect, but I don't have a problem with it because, you know, from, from New Orleans, you don't, you don't want that. You know, we like being the underdogs and, you know, in the locker room too. The Saints love that. You know, see the Gunner Johnson, you know, he's going to love that. So I don't think it's a real issue. I don't really care what Ross Tucker's opinion is because I know what this team is. I mean, to go nine and eight with the circumstances we had last year, I sat through a Thanksgiving dinner with Trevor Seaman and Kevin White, and then they go they go and add Jarvis Landry, Tyron Matthew. You get a healthy Jameis Winston who was, you know, on his way to being one of one of his best seasons he's had, and you bring in Michael Thomas as well as healthy. I mean, it's just it's disrespectful at that. And Ryan Clark, a guy I respect a ton. He went on ESPN, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to be completely honest. The Saints, in terms of talent, what did the Bucks do to outmatch the Saints this offseason? Because the past two times, the Saints have had their number. Tom Brady couldn't outscore an offense with Taysom Hill, Traquan Smith, and Marquez Callaway. What did the Bucks do to improve more so than the Saints did not? So he said, you know what? I'm going to give the Saints their respect. They should be the division leaders right now. On paper, because the Bucks can't beat him. Scratch the playoff game. Drew Brees couldn't breathe out of one of his lungs. Jared Cook, you know, he, he rubbed butter over his forearms for the game. So I think this team deserves their respect. And I think they're going to get it pretty soon. Man, I, I hope so, because I, I agree with you 100%. But, you know, the, the national picture has always loved to disrespect the New Orleans Saints. Even when Drew Brees was here, they did that. Yep. I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, I don't have a problem with it, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm certainly not mad about it. I mean, it's bulletin board material at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It makes it easier to make bets on the over-under. <laughs> yeah. yeah, put your money in right now. It's like, what, seven and a half wins? Yeah, I, I, think, your, I think it's eight. But yeah. On it. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, if it's eight wins, I, I might throw down my rent. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I put I put down I put down two bets. Let me see. I had my fiance doesn't listen, so I can say that I'll I'll throw down the rent. <laughs> yeah, she, she just says have a good show. I have. <laughs> I, what did I? I had Jameis to win MVP because I just <laughs> threw that one out there. See if that I one like sticks. It. I'm good with it. And if it would log me in, it it, it won't stick. But yeah, I like okay, the so. Yeah, so or no no no, it wasn't Jameis MVP, it was Jameis most regular season passing yards. 
It was a plus five thousand. Okay, that that could that could be something. And then mm-hmm. Saints to make the playoffs plus one forty. So I took it. Oh yeah, I like it. Plus one forty. You absolutely take that. Yeah, I put fifty absolutely. on that, so the payout would be one twenty. And then if I, I put a five dollar on Jameis to have the most regular season passing yards, and the payout would be two fifty five. Wow, yeah, that's solid. That is easy money. That's easy money, absolutely. All right, Brendan, looking at the schedule, man, what games are you coming to New Orleans for? Because I know you're coming to a couple. Oh, I'm coming. I'm coming. Um, I want to go to that Bengals game for sure. Um, lots of history in that game. It kind of depends on the schedule, uh, my, my personal schedule. But, you know, I want to go to a couple. And, you know, it's kind of just turn, it, it kind of depends how the season goes. Uh, there's going to be teams out there that are – that we think are good and that aren't. There's going to be teams that are bad and they turn out good. So uh, the one I want to go to really bad is the Bengals game, just the history there and, you know, uh, obviously the magnitude of that game playing a Super Bowl caliber team. Uh, I think I think we can beat them, and it'd be fun to play Joe Burrow and the slack he'd get in New Orleans would be pretty fun too. So definitely going to go to a couple. Um, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles joins us for Who Dat Wednesdays. Brendan, appreciate you as always, my guy. And uh, talk to you next Wednesday. Yes, sir. You guys have fun. Tune in next week for another edition of Who Dat Wednesdays here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. So here's the thing. The game clubhouse is free to join. We've talked about that a lot today. Because it's important. You need to join. We want to give you free gifts, and you need to take advantage of them. But here's an added bonus. We're not going to spam you. We're not going to email you five times a day like some rewards club things do. Um, And again, like I said, free stuff. Who doesn't love free? $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Bayou could be yours. If you're hungry for some down-home comfort food like fried cheese sticks or a barbecue pork sandwich, then sign up for the Game Clubhouse today so you can win a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 554 here on your Wednesday, about three minutes before we get out of here. Let's update the poll question of the day. James, it looks like we're playing wiffle ball. It, just, <laughs> it seems like it. <laughs> it just looks like we're playing wiffle ball. Um, give, them what, give them what they want. Ton says, okay, okay, how about a Nerf football passing accuracy challenge? See, I like that too. Ooh. It doesn't have okay. to be a – I. I mean, we could do a different ball. It doesn't have to be a Nerf football, right? But just like an accuracy challenge. Yeah, we could. I, I, we could like do that. like we would maybe throw it to Hannah ten yards away, throw it to foot fifteen twenty, and then just throw one like thirty plus. Yeah, just, to, to Ray, just try and launch one. Yeah, yeah, that could be fun. We or we could, or just have or just have like garbage cans. We could do that. Um, and then on Facebook, our guy Jamie Green comes in. And says wiffle ball, but five names has to be the pitcher and then RP three and foot would commentate on it. That'd be interesting. I could get behind that. 
I could 100% get behind that. It'll be tough to get foot, though. Yeah, foot, foot's, a, foot's a hard man to get a hold of. He He's just so busy, you know, writing his footless documentary and, you know, whatever else. He's just, he's just a busy, busy guy. Uh, but still, the point remains, no ghost pepper challenges for Matt. And speaking of, I, I had said I did a ghost pepper challenge, but really I had went to this place called Pepper Palace and I tried their The End Flatline Hot Sauce, which it includes... Did you say it was called Flatline? Yeah, it's called Flatline. Wow. Okay. Uh, it's made with uh, Reapers, pepper extract, ghost peppers, scorpion peppers, and seven pot chocolate Douglas peppers. So it wasn't just the ghost. It was a bunch of others, and it was a sauce. Wow. that That's a whole lot of no from this guy. Like, not ever going to happen. That's going to just about do it for your Wednesday here on Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh. Shout out to Jay Walker for joining us from Montgomery. Hopefully the Cajuns can get a game played tomorrow. Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicle is joining us for Who Dat Wednesdays. I want to appreciate, want to take this time to thank you for tuning in each and every day. James Mesh, thank you for all you do. For James Mesh, I am Matt Miguez saying be safe, be well, hug your mom and them a little tighter. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on a thirsty Thursday. Crunch out with me, guys, and mesh on the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.